Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 10 of the SmackDown Wind Down, recapping the highs and lows from Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. And ladies and gentlemen, week 10 of the rest of Subtopia Network has officially come to a close. And believe it or not, week 11 starts right now because it's WrestleMania Saturday. No, I'm not making that up. It's WrestleMania Saturday. It's WrestleMania weekend. And it's the strangest, weirdest, most unprecedented WrestleMania of all time. A two-night event taking place tonight and tomorrow at 7 Eastern on the WWE Network pay-per-view and several streaming services outside of WWE, including Fox Sports, Fight, among others. But... Here's the most important thing that's been blatantly obvious for the past few weeks. This will be the first WrestleMania in front of no fans due to the pandemic that is gripping the nation and the world at the moment. And it's going to create a unique set of circumstances for the superstars of WWE from the crew to the production staff editing the show and trying to put a spin on something that we've never seen before. And I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm looking forward to the show nonetheless. And for the first time ever, you're going to get three consecutive podcasts back to back after this one, recapping WrestleMania in its entirety. So WrestleMania After Dark will drop at 6 a.m. Eastern on Sunday morning and WrestleMania After Dark Part 2 will drop on Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern. So you can get your WrestleMania fix and start your week off on a high note, depending on how the pay-per-view goes between now and Sunday. To wrap up the most unique WrestleMania bills of all time, we had the Go Home Show last night on SmackDown, which featured several matches that ended in disqualification, a couple of chicanery matches in terms of interference, and a couple of bombshells dropped along the way that forwarded a couple of storylines heading into the biggest show of the year. And one of the biggest reveals last night was the mystery of who sent Otis that text message back on Valentine's Day almost two months ago. Dolph Ziggler had a match against Tucker on behalf of Otis leading up to their one-on-one match at WrestleMania this upcoming Sunday. And the match ended via disqualification when Ziggler dropped Tucker with a zigzag on the steel steps. Afterward, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville encouraged Dolph to stop the attack on Tucker, with Sonya kind of motioning Dolph to cool his jets and calm down if he wants to keep his girlfriend happy. Otis runs down to check on his friend, and then we notice the glitchy thingamajig that has been popping up all over SmackDown for the past couple of months. Now, at first, I thought it was a glitch on Fox's part, then I thought my TV was acting funny, then we noticed it was an ongoing theme on the show that would lead to a big reveal at some point. And we thought it was going to be a debut of a superstar such as a killer cross who is now earmarked for NXT, which puts him out of the running for this mystery figure race. Then the second betting line was Mustafa Ali. He is the bringer of light and hope. And he does a little flashy thing with his hand, which is very Ali-ish with these glitches. And last night, We were told the truth would be revealed. The truth will come out. All will be known. 
And sure enough, some shadowy figure, I thought it was from an outpost of the Dark Order, a lot of cult-like things happening in wrestling these days, but a shadowy hooded figure says, I have something to show you. The truth will be revealed and here it is right now. The click of a button at some kind of control center and there we have the footage dating back to Valentine's Day 2020. Mandy Rose getting ready for her day, talking up Otis, very complimentary of him saying, yes, he's big, but he's different. He is a sweetheart and I'm really gonna try to have a good time on this date and Sonya's encouraging her and she wants all the details from the date once it's over and Mandy walks away and leaves her cell phone behind. Now you know how best friends roll. We know the swipe, we know the password, we know how to get into one's phone and do certain things to said phone. So Sonia grabbed the phone and tried to sabotage the date with Otis. And when Otis responded about, I'm on my way, my sweet peach, I'm coming to the restaurant to meet you for our date, Sonia deletes Otis's text messages and probably says that Mandy's gonna be a little bit late, so don't you hurry along. Then the camera cuts to a conversation taking place between Sonia Deville and Dolph Ziggler conspiring against Mandy Rose and Otis's date so Otis can be left in the lurch while Ziggler slides in that chair during the Valentine's Day dinner. As all of this unfolds, Sonia Deville is shocked that she's been exposed. Dolph Ziggler is the cat that ate the canary and Mandy Rose looks on in shock as she stumps away from her apparently former best friend as Otis chased down Dolph Ziggler for good measure while we anticipate the fallout from this never ending love story at WrestleMania this upcoming Saturday and or Sunday on the WWE Network and pay-per-view. I thought this was a really great segment that tied the thingamajig glitchy thingy to Otis, Mandy, Tucky, Dolph Ziggler, and Sonya Deville. Who knew there was a hacker behind the scenes seeing all, knowing all, and was going to drop the bomb right before WrestleMania? I love that. It told a great story. Continuity exists, and we got a payoff. And hopefully, the real payoff comes at WrestleMania when Mandy Rose stands up to Dolph Ziggler and finally goes on that date with Otis. But you never know in WWE, swerves are bound to happen. I expect anything at this rate. I can see Sonya professing her feelings for Mandy Rose, but why would you push her into the arms of Dolph Ziggler? Does Tucky have a hidden agenda despite his noble acts as a friend to Otis? You never know where this pentagram love angle is going to go. And that's what I like about this particular storyline. Everybody has motives, love is on the line, lust is on the line, and heartbreak is also at stake. And Otis has had his fair share, and Mandy Rose apparently has now experienced the same anguish courtesy of her presumably former best friend. Overall, I love the angle, and it's very creative to see something different inside the WWE Performance Center to drive story in a meaningful way and to really get one over on the audience in a clever way that makes this WrestleMania match between Otis and Dolph Ziggler with Mandy Rose stuck in the middle stand out just a little bit more. Moving on to the laziest announcement to a match in WrestleMania history. 
For a week now, it was known that Roman Reigns decided to pull himself out of the Universal Championship match against Goldberg this weekend at WrestleMania. He explained on Instagram his reasoning why. And we respect that decision. Health comes first, family comes first, and that is a top priority when it comes to his health since he is a cancer survivor. And we wish him all the best as he shelters in place. However, we knew based on all reports that the replacement was going to be Braun Strowman. And Triple H has done multiple interviews with the press in the last few days, noting that they had a unique way to explain Roman Reigns being pulled from the match at WrestleMania this weekend. SmackDown rolls around 24 hours prior to WrestleMania. We need to know how this match between Strowman and Goldberg came about. What is the angle? What is the hook? Because we know the match was filmed and knowing both guys are in the building, you can easily shoot a segment out of order and air it on SmackDown to justify this match taking place. Oh no, Michael Cole flippantly says, and now it's Goldberg versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania with that pirate graphic theme and bam, there's a match. No explanation as to why Roman's removed. No news is broke courtesy of WWE.com. Not even Roman's explanation on social media detailing why he pulled himself out of the match. This is the height of false advertising and laziness to wait to the very last minute to make a move and then don't even capitalize on making that move by shooting an angle, whether it's via Skype, Zoom, whatever you got, FaceTime, whatever device and technology you have, we cannot cut an angle to slice on this show and say, bam, here we are. Here's the match. Here's why we should care. There is zero build. There is zero incentive. There is nothing of any importance to care about this match because it is so thrown together. And WWE, and I know there are extenuating circumstances, but there is no excuse why Strowman and Goldberg cannot shoot an angle beforehand, out of order, as I mentioned ridiculous and now we have to watch a match with zero build or hype behind it and my only guess is Goldberg is retaining the championship and we don't want to build up something that's not going to really result in a title change which I completely understand but geez a match thrown together at the last possible moment and we hear not a peep out of Goldberg or Braun Strowman it's ridiculous and WWE should be ashamed on a more brighter note, let's discuss the main event segment from last night's show, John Cena cutting an incredible promo, as he usually does. I think before he departed from WWE as a full-time performer a couple of years ago, Cena from like 2015 through 2017-18-ish was cutting some of the best promos in the business the best promos of his career because no one could touch him on the mic and I stand by that because he's that good and he cut the promo I wanted stone cold cut a few weeks ago talking about the times we're living in of uncertainty and it's unprecedented and WrestleMania is going to be truly something we've never seen before with no crowd and how it's going to be shot and how it's going to be produced. It's going to be something that we're not going to forget anytime soon. He talked about even some of the trial and error WWE has experienced inside of the WWE Performance Center, how there have been some meh moments and some incredible 
incredible moments at the same time. He was incredibly honest about how we are feeling in that moment and asking the same question, what's next? What are we going to do? Where do we go from here? And we're going to try to put on the best show possible for you, the viewer, this Saturday and Sunday. And I appreciated that because no one was bullshitting us and just trying to pretend like this isn't happening and you know this is perfectly normal because none of this is normal. We are all a fish out of water in this situation trying to thrive and survive under these trying times. And I appreciate Cena being honest about how we feel and how honestly the wrestlers feel at the same time, but still putting in that work nonetheless and vowing to deliver an unforgettable WrestleMania this upcoming weekend. I thought that tone was set beautifully by him before he proceeded to ether Bray Wyatt. And my God, he had the ammunition to just destroy him verbally. He called him a bootleg, Mr. Rogers, a cross between Wiz Khalifa and Michigan J. Frog that brought back so many WB Network memories from the early 90s in mid-2000s, shout out to all the shows, Buffy, Angel, Charmed, Smallville, you know, Wayne's Brothers, Jamie Foxx show, Sister Sister, Steve Harvey show, Roswell, Supernatural, the only survivor from the WB era that's still broadcast today in its last season on the CW. Yes, I know my WB shit. So I love that little flashback, courtesy of John Cena and that reference literally had my mouth open and my jaw dropped and like damn that was a zinger and he talked about how the fiend plays into uncertainty fear and panic which plays into the current real life situation i thought that was a nice thread as well from cena and cena says i'm not scared of you you're not even on the level below me which was another firing shot that left me floored absolutely in shock. Cena just had the ammunition for days and he didn't know what the hell a Firefly Funhouse match was, but he was going to compete in it and he was going to just get rid of Bray Wyatt once and for all because he was tired of the hype. He's nothing but a guy in a mask who should not be preying on the fears of others and just playing into our anxieties and just feeding off the panic until it collapses his hole. I loved this promo from Cena, but the end was even better because the puppets from the Firefly Funhouse appeared inside of the Performance Center, including the revived for the 11th or 12th time Rambling Rabbit, Abby the Witch, Mercy the Buzzard, and Huskus the Pig. And they said, you will join us forever, John. We'll play together, we'll be together when this is all said and done. And then there's a great shot of the fiend standing on the platform watching Cena saying, let me in. And then, because teleportation is not limited to AEW, Bray Wyatt teleported inside the ring as regular old Bray, Mr. Rogers Bray saying, let me in, and Cena sold that moment beautifully and how it was shot was impeccable. I loved this closing segment, this match. I think it's gonna be very cinematic in nature, very theatrical, one of the more unique matches off-site from the Performance Center and I think it's going to deliver the goods better than whatever thing Orton and Bray Wyatt did inside that hell house from a few years ago from one of the worst pay-per-views in WWE history and I think this is going to be definitely a step up and above that match and I will really give credit to Bray Wyatt's creativity and John Cena just 
firing on all cylinders during that promo. He was exceptional. And if this was a live crowd, I think they would have been just eating this up if we was in Tampa for the go-home show for WrestleMania. Overall, a great way to end the show. And I cannot wait to see whatever the hell this match is going to be this Saturday and or Sunday at WrestleMania. And speaking of mania, as of press time, as I am recording this show, we have no idea what matches are taking place on night one or night two. So I guess this is some kind of PWG mystery vortex, meaning you're going to be surprised and you're just going to go in blind and see a bunch of matches that are going to be good. But if you're paying for this on pay-per-view, you would like to know what the hell you're paying for in night one and if it's worth spending additional dollars for night two on Sunday. So that is the catch-22. Yes, the card looks good mostly, but... We do look forward to some matches more so than others, and we would like some clarity on what we're paying for each night. WWE Network subscribers, we don't care. We're paying the flat fee, or if you're new, you're not paying a dime. So by all means, surprise us. But if you are paying 30 bucks, 50 bucks in some cases, then damn it, you would like to know what you're paying for because there's no refund unless there's some kind of technological disaster on your cable or satellite provider's end that is unfixable before the end of the show. So, because there is no official night one and night two card, let's just one down the entire Mania card together so you will have a better understanding of what to expect Saturday and or Sunday on pay-per-view. The Mania card is as follows, in no particular order. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair in a singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre in a singles match for the WWE Championship. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman in a singles match for the WWE Universal Championship. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler in a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Naomi versus Sasha Banks versus Tamina in a fatal five-way elimination match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. The Undertaker and AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. The Miz and John Morrison versus The New Day. Big E and Kofi Kingston versus The Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso in a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza with Selena Vega for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. Elias versus King Corbin. Edge versus Randy Orton in a last man standing match. Sami Zayn with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak in a singles match. The WWE Intercontinental Championship. The Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. And finally, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler with Mandy Rose or not in a singles match. And that is a WrestleMania lineup. I do want to note that The Miz did not compete at WrestleMania due to illness so I don't know how that match played out I'm assuming it's Kofi Kingston and Anuso versus John Morrison in a triple threat ladder match for the Smackdown tag team titles and considering the talent of all three men that can definitely pull it off under these unique circumstances so that is your card we don't know what's taking place night one and night two but I'm intrigued by the show Rob Gronkowski is the host 
He should be absolutely insane due to his crazy personality. So I'm looking forward to how he's going to fare as host and how the show is shot and presented on a pay-per-view with no fans. There have been rumors of the show being more theatrical and cinematic, which is always a good thing in my book to do something different, which might be the on-brand thing to do for future events if we are ever caught in this situation again. It's always nice to see WWE with their backs against the wall and forced to do something different and doing something entirely outside the box of WrestleMania is gonna be something we will not soon forget. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 10 of the SmackDown Wind Down, recapping the highs and lows from Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on Twitter at LadyWrestlingX. I will be promoting these podcast shows on the daily recapping. Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, NXT, Friday Night SmackDown, and this weekend, WrestleMania Nights 1 and 2 on Pay-Per-View and the WWE Network. I'll be active on social media all weekend long talking about the show of shows as we get ready for the batshit craziest mania of all time. And... If you got a few hours to spare today and or this weekend, get caught up on all things WWE and AEW leading up to WrestleMania and the Revolution pay-per-view for AEW a couple of months ago. Feel free to download past episodes via your favorite podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune in plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. sharp recapping night one of WrestleMania 36 from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida and various off-site locations. Until then, enjoy your Saturday. Stay safe out there. Wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.